Greetings, dear learners. I am faculty of psychology at SRN International School, Jaipur, Rajasthan. Today, in this podcast, I will be explaining the topic observation from chapter 2, grade 12, psychology. Reference has been taken from NCER. Behavioral observation is another method which is very commonly used for the assessment of personality. Although all of us watch people and form impressions about their personality, use of observation for personality assessment is a sophisticated procedure that cannot be carried out by untrained people. It requires careful training of the observer and a fairly detailed guideline about analysis of behavior in order to assess the personality of a given person. For example, a clinical psychologist may like to observe her or his client's interaction with family members and home visitors. With carefully designed observation, the clinical psychologist may gain considerable insight into a client's personality. In spite of their frequent and widespread use, observation and interview methods are characterized by the following limitations. Professional training required for collection of useful data through these methods is quite demanding and time-consuming. Maturity of the psychologist is a precondition for obtaining valid data through these techniques. Mere presence of the observer may contaminate the results. As a stranger, the observer may influence the behavior of the person being observed and thus not obtain good data. Let's talk of the behavioral ratings. Behavioral ratings are frequently used for the assessment of personality in educational and industrial settings. Behavioral ratings are generally taken from people who know the assessee intimately and have interacted with him or her over a period of time or have had a chance to observe her or him. They attempt to put individuals into certain categories in terms of their behavioral qualities. The categories may involve different numbers or descriptive terms. It has been found that use of numbers or general descriptive adjectives in rating scales always creates confusions for the rater. In order to use ratings effectively, the traits should be clearly defined in terms of carefully stated behavioral anchors. The method of rating suffers from following major limitations. Raters often display certain biases that color their judgments of different traits. For example, most of us are greatly influenced by a single favorable or unfavorable trait. This often forms the basis of a rater's overall judgment of a person. This tendency is known as the halo effect. Raters have a tendency to place individuals either in the middle of the scale called middle category bias by avoiding extreme or in the extreme positions called extreme response bias by avoiding middle categories on the scale.
These tendencies can be overcome by providing raters with appropriate training or by developing such skills in which the response bias is likely to be small. Talking of nomination, this method is often used in obtaining peer assessment. It can be used with persons who have been in long-term interaction and who know each other very well. In using nomination, each person is asked to choose one or more persons of the group with whom she or he would like to work, study, play or participate in any other activity. The person may also be asked to specify the reason for her or his choices. Nominations thus received may be analyzed to understand the personality and behavioral qualities of the person. This technique has been found to be highly dependable, although it may also be affected by personal biases. Let's talk of situational tests. A variety of situational tests have been devised for the assessment of personality. The most commonly used test of this kind is the situational stress test. It provides us with information about how a person behaves under stressful situations. The test requires a person to perform a given task with other persons who are instructed to be non-cooperative and interfering. The test involves a kind of role playing. The person is instructed to play a role for which she or he is observed. A verbal report is also obtained on what he or she has asked to do. The situation may be realistic one or it may be created through a video play. Now, from your childhood day students, you may have spent considerable time thinking about who you are and how you are different from others. By now, you already may have developed some ideas about yourself, although you may not be aware of it. How easy was it for you to complete these sentences? How much time did you take? Perhaps it was not as easy as you may have thought at first. While working on it, you were describing yourself. You are aware of yourself in the some way as you are aware of various objects in your surrounding environment, such as a chair or a table in your room. A newly born child has no idea of itself. As a child grows older, the idea of self emerges and its formation begins. Parents, friends, teachers and others, significant person play a vital role in shaping a child's ideas about self. Our interaction with other people, our experiences and the meaning we give to them serve as the basis of ourself. The structure of self is modifiable in the light of our own experiences and the experiences we have of other people. The attributes they have used for identification tell us about their personal as well as social as cultural identities. Personal identity refer to those attributes of a person that make her or him different from others. When a person describes herself or himself by telling her or his name or her or his qualities or characteristics, 
or her or his potential potentialities or capabilities or his or her beliefs she is disclosing her or his personal identity that's all for today my dear students i hope you must have understood today's topic you can listen to the podcast attentively thank you and stay blessed students